Welcome to Bliss Fully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello! Hey everyone! So that Eternals trailer, huh? Yeah, the Eternals trailer dropped, like, a couple hours ago as we're recording, and... Like, it's not really a trailer. Like, that is the wrong thing to call it. Or I saw it called, like, the Phase 4 trailer on the, like, official Marvel YouTube page. Like, the Marvel Entertainment YouTube page. The title of the video is just called Marvel Studios Celebrates the Movies. Which is fair. Because half of the trailer is just, remember how you like Marvel? You like Marvel! Yeah. Let's go. Our... our, our our continuous releasing stream of new content got interrupted by COVID. I feel very bad for the Black Widow movie, and I'm happy that they're holding off on releasing it until they can put it in theaters, because I don't want what happened to, like, Wonder Woman 2 to happen to Black Widow, because the character of Natasha has been deserving of her own film for a long, long time. So I'm happy that they're not just shoving it out in a half-assed way, and that they're being patient. But yeah, so it's, like... A little over three minutes, this whole video, and roughly two-thirds of it are just clips of all of the Avengers films, all the Marvel films, set to this actually pretty, like, moving voiceover by Stan Lee of, like, why he sort of enjoys writing comics, these sort of ridiculous over-the-top stories that have elements of, like, human emotional resonance in them. Because otherwise, you know, it would all just be hot nonsense. And I agree, like, some of the films, and comics for that matter, are more hot nonsense than others. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's very, like... And they actually, they even have... I, I don't know where they got this footage, but it looks like someone in a screening, like a movie theater, a dark movie theater, like the midnight premiere of Avengers Endgame, filming the screen surreptitiously... <laughs> I can't imagine Marvel and or Disney, like, using that footage, or so maybe this is staged somewhat. It is of the scene where, like, everything seems to be lost, and Steve is alone, and he's getting ready to go march down the hill and carry on the battle by himself, all all defeated, and then everyone teleports in from time portals, and they defeat Thanos and all that. The crowd goes wild, loses their mind. Yeah, people cheer and start making out with their with their lovers. And, it yeah. seems really reserved to the reaction the theater we saw it in had. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Makes me think that, again, maybe it's a little staged. <laughs> yeah, because... because... I can't imagine they're using... like fans actual cell phone footage from that moment because again first of all i was in a theater for the midnight premiere a packed theater and experienced that reaction firsthand and second i have seen other footage of theaters absolutely lose their shit because that moment if you buy into marvel films at all that moment just turns you into like a child you're just like ah well, like, somebody in our theater... Just, like, punching people next to you in the face. <laughs> yeah. Somebody in our theater, like, jumped up, yeah, like, yeah. on his like, feet. Like, onto his feet. That startled And then me. he was like, oh, gotta sit back down. <laughs> yeah, because it was, like, right in front of us, because we were both like, yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's, it's, you know, it's the tension, because, again, not for one second was I expecting them to be, like... 
Anyway, Thanos wins. Because, especially because they did that in the last movie. Yeah. Like, there's no way that I'm like, oh, they just beat the shit out of Captain America and then Thanos and his dark army win. It was just more of a, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to pull it off? Like, what's going to happen? Like, that sort of anticipation. And then everybody came back. Everybody came back and helped Steve. Steve and then that's Steve where the movie gonna, ends. Yes, as far as we're concerned. They, what they, a great ending. They win. They are victorious. Everyone is reunited except for Gamora and Black Widow. And then nothing else happens. And that's when the movie ends. <laughs> Hooray! Play the credits. Best movie ever. So yes, they include uh, a bunch of like, maybe actual audience reactions, basically trying to remind us how much we loved going to the movies, and why don't you come back and watch these, like, ten films we have in the pipeline, because we'd really love them to turn a profit, too. Please give us your money. Yeah, because we're getting a little riskier with the stuff we produce now. Like, you know, we've got women and non-white people, and... Something called the Eternals coming (laughs) that is just hot nonsense. None of you know about. The ones who do know about are like, why are we making a movie about the Eternals? Yes, and then there's like some footage of Black Widow. Some of it might be new. I'm honestly not certain. There's nothing like super revealing that hasn't been in the trailers already. No, but I do want to say that there was one shot that looked new to me. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. not an expert. I don't Mm -hmm. watch these trailers every day. I do sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, it depends on the trailer. Well, like, when I thought Black Widow was coming out last year, I was like, yes! And, you know, then it didn't, so I've been, like, just waiting patiently. And then there's some, uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, which I'm very excited about. Aquafina! Because it stars... Well, yes, there's Aquafina. It also stars, uh, Simu Liu, who is a, uh, Chinese-Canadian actor who, if you are in Canada at all, you might know him as Jung on Kim's Convenience, which is this adorable little Canadian sitcom about a Korean immigrant family. So, the like, the parents are immigrants, and then the kids are, like... Canadian raised. Yeah, like, first generation. The older brother is played by Simu Liu, and he's great. He's just so charming and funny and adorable. And so cute. <laughs> just absolutely precious, and I'm so happy... That he gets to be in a Marvel movie. He's got such, like, you know, presence and charisma and... So charming. Just, yeah, got the, just the smile that makes you weak in the knees kind of smile. He's just so I'm so happy for him. But just show wreck to those of you who have not seen Kim's Convenience. It's on both American and Canadian Netflix. Definitely check it out if you can, if it's available to you, because it's so cute and it's so sweet and it is one of Canada's treasures. It's just perfect. There's really no flaws in that show. It's a good Canadian comedy. I am told by my friends who have immigrant parents that it's very resonant if you have immigrant parents. I don't have immigrant parents, and it's still resonating <laughs> yeah, with I, me. I have straight-up American parents. My dad is still a lot like the father in Kim's Convenience. Yeah. Honestly, so am I. And also, um, uh, if you watch The Mandalorian, apparently uh, the dad was was in The Mandalorian. He yeah. had, like, a guest role in The Mandalorian, He was right? in two episodes, yeah. and he definitely does have speaking lines. I was really excited for that. Yay! Yay. Yeah, so, uh, Paul Sun-Hyung Lee is the, the father in Kim's Convenience. The show is based 
on a play. Yeah, based on a play written by a the I, daughter of an immigrant. Right? Yes, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that it is based on this girl's life, like the playwright's own experiences. It's not a one-to-one. No. I don't think any of the characters are named after real people, but it's just like, this is what it was like growing up in Toronto with my Korean parents. Uh, So yes, uh, anyway, that's why I'm happy about Shang-Chi, because Simu Liu is actually Chinese, despite playing a Korean in Kim's Convenience, and Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi is obviously a, a Chinese character. I'm happy for him. I hope this movie is really great. It's got a lot of really great actors in it. Tony Leung and... And Aquafina seems to be playing, like, the cutest character. I love Aquafina. She is such a good actress. She's so cute. Oh my god, she's gorgeous. Plus, I just love her music. Oh yeah, and Ronnie Chang. (laughs) Yeah! I love, I think Ronnie Chang is hilarious. Ronnie Chang is the best Oh, he's so great. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, there's some new footage of Shang-Chi. Not a whole lot, like nothing that's revealing. I will say one thing. Uh, I noticed this in both trailers. When Simu Liu does his stunts, he makes like crazy faces. It's so cute. And I'm just, I'm super glad that they kept them in. Like, because he looks like, he looks really panicked when he's fighting. Like, he's like, oh my god, what's happening? He looks like he's actually fighting. Yeah, like like that he's, he is, he is worried for his mortal safety. Yeah. Baby boy. Boy is baby. Yeah, he's just, he is the best. It's mm-hmm. the first time that I've actually been excited and like ready to see a Marvel thing <laughs> in a really long time. And so I'm pumped because I thought that that part of me was dead now. So, so yay. All right. And then there's just footage from the Eternals. I don't think we've seen any footage of the Eternals yet. Nothing that I can deduce what's going on, even knowing these characters. Like I have no idea what's going on in any of these shots there is, like, three frames of Richard Madden in a tight black t-shirt. Woo! That's real nice for me. I love my boy. I'm excited for him and Kit Harrington to be on screen together. I'm so excited. Especially the way things ended. <laughs> I'm so excited to see Richard Madden I'm, again. I'm happy that Richard Madden's and gonna anything. get that Disney money. Um, He's so pretty. God damn it, have you seen him? Like, holy shit. Well, um, oh my god, what's his bucket's gonna be in The Eternals 2 that I was really excited about and then immediately forgot his name? There's, there's a few. There's Kamal Nanjiani. Oh, I love him. Oh yeah, him Mm -hmm. too. There's... I'm super excited for him too. Um, Brian Tyree Henry. Ma Dong... How do you say his name? Dong Siak? Dong Siak. Ma Dong Siak, I I think. I love him. That's my best... That's my white people approximation <laughs> of how it should be pronounced. I love him. I watch a bunch of his yes. movies. Because he's in, he's in Train to Busan, right? Yeah, he's yeah. the dad to yeah, be. Yeah, that's, that's where I know him from. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Salma Hayek. There's, I don't know how to say it. I don't, this guy has such a weird face. Barry Keoghan, I think. It's a good face. He's Irish. Oh, the kid from Dunkirk. Yeah. Yes. And he's in Killing of the Sacred Deer. Yes. Uh, he's in Dunkirk. Which was weird. He's He's got such a strange face. I don't know how to... It's a very particular face. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't For know. me, He's an... Irish, and he's just the weirdest looking guy I've ever seen. He kind of looks like like a young Joel Egerton. Oh, Egerton. yeah. Kind of. Like, if he... If, like, Joel Egerton is, like, the final Pokemon evolution. Yeah. He's, like, the starter <laughs> Pokemon. Barry Keoghan. I really like when an actor looks different. Like, a lot of times I, it doesn't sound like I'm complimenting them when I'm like, you have a strange face. 
but like I am. I'm like, you have a strange face, like it's good for acting because I recognize you <laughs> when I see you. I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Ugh, Gemma Chan is also in The Eternals. She's gorgeous. Yes, she she is in the five frames with, with <laughs> Richard Madden and mm-hmm. Kumal Nanjiani and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, so the images and words in the trailer don't reveal anything at all. <laughs> It's good, it's bad, it's happy, it's sad. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a few shots of people you recognize and some, like, vague dialogue that doesn't mean anything. And then they say, you know, there's Spider-Man coming up, there's Doctor Strange coming up, there's Thor coming up, there is uh, the new Black Panther coming up, and the Marvels, that. I guess, where they will have Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel, a new Ant-Man and the Wasp. New Guardians of the Galaxy, and then ominously <laughs> in the background. So like all these, all these like title cards like come flying at the screen over and over. And then the last one, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, fades. And then a large blue four made of light, yeah. like surfaces out of the black. <laughs> The Jaws theme starts with playing. just the Marvel Studios logo over it. Please mean phase before four. before cutting away. I hope that doesn't mean they're going to revive the Fantastic Four yet again. Third times the charm. <laughs> Let no. this poor franchise sleep, man. No, third time but- is not the charm because Fantastic Four is just not good. I'm sorry, I read the comics. <laughs> Uh, Kelsey hates the Fantastic Four. I I don't hate the Fantastic Four. I despise Reed Richards. And my hatred for Reed Richards just completely consumes me anytime I try and read anything about Johnny or Susan Storm or anything else. I try and focus. I like Johnny Storm. Uh, then that's, that's probably it because Reed Richards just, he just sucks so fucking bad. Well, so I really, I, <sighs> my money is them wanting to revive it if they plan on moving forward with Wanda's character, because Victor Von Doom does tend to play a role That's true. in the mm-hmm. comics when it comes to like her love life. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He comes yeah. from a fictional country called Latveria. Oh, okay. Which he is like king of, oh. I think. Isn't he? Yup. And it's. It's like a fake Balkan nation. The first movie was garbage, the first Fantastic Four, but the casting of uh, Victor Von Doom. Little baby Chris Evans. Well, and baby Chris Evans, yeah. Oh, yes. Little tiny baby Chris Evans playing Johnny Storm was actually really good casting, but, you know, they can't can't do that again. (laughs) He's been set out to pasture. Like, say what you will about the original two movies. Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis as the thing is casting genius. Yeah, that was a really good plan. And the chemistry between him and Chris Evans is one of the only good things about the first two films. Like, they have a good, like, you know, banter and stuff back and forth. I shipped it back in the day. Actually, that reminds me of, uh, I finally, because I never watched them when they originally came out, because, you know, I knew they were garbage, even though I was, like, 17. Finally watched them uh, a couple years ago, just purely out of curiosity to see what I was missing. And there's this scene that I think, like, captures the, like, emotional dissonance in the film. (laughs) So it's, like, soon after the Fantastic Four have returned, 
from space and they have got their powers for the first time and Ben Grimm the thing is is like a rock monster now and he he's upset obviously <laughs> his wife doesn't love him anymore no, I don't think his wife doesn't love him. Does does that happen? Oh, fuck. I don't remember, actually. No, yeah, she leaves him. Yeah, she hands him the ring and, like, leaves. Yes. <gasps> oh, my uh, God. I thought so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because doesn't yeah. he fucking... He marries, like, a blind Carrie Washington. Yes. Afterward. Oh, my God, that's she right. Had, <laughs> the only a blind woman could love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That was so heartbreaking, and everybody was like, look at how heartwarming this is. And I was like, no. <laughs> okay, so... Anyway, th- he's he's sad. Uh, ben Grimm is sad that he's a rock monster now. Mm-hmm. He's sitting on the edge of the Brooklyn Bridge, like, just staring down at the river, being sad about his, his state. <laughs> Pigeon lands on his shoulder and poops on him. And it's like, like, ha-ha. It's a poop joke. <laughs> ha-ha poop joke. Immediate cut to... A man teetering out onto the edge of the Brooklyn Bridge, ready to kill himself because he can't go on anymore. Like a, like a middle-aged man, a couple of feet down the bridge from, from Ben Grimm, ready to commit suicide. Yep. Right after a poop joke. And like, that is immediately seconds after a poop joke. Yep. And like, again, like, the suicide is still, mm-hmm. like, it's not super serious because it's a, su- it's a superhero movie, mm-hmm. but it is still a man ready to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- and, and it is used as a moment for like, Ben, it's kind of weird because he basically is like, you don't have the right to kill yourself. Look at the problems I have. Yeah. Which yes. is like, play for laughs. And the guy is like, terrified <laughs> to see a rock monster. So he like, runs away and doesn't jump. But, I, I remember sitting there being like, uh huh, poop joke, and then immediate yeah. hard cut to attempted suicide. I actually remember you live tweeting these and movies, I was like, that and it was like, what the that fuck? That did not just happen! Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the kind of ride you're in for if you ever want to go and watch the original Fantastic Four. They're not great. So, and, uh, fucking, what were we talking about? <laughs> Liz, you might know, which, uh, which new X-Men movie is it? Where Michael Fassbender goes to the concentration camp that is the first, the first scene of the first X-Men movie. um, Is that Apocalypse or is that Days of Future Past or whatever? Oh my god, yeah. Okay, so in first class, they try and recreate the scene from the original X-Men movie. And then in Apocalypse, Magneto and Apocalypse go to Auschwitz and destroy it together. Which was a choice it just it, I, I it like came up for me as like a suggested video on youtube just just a clip of that scene and like the scene is is done really well you know michael fassbender is a really good actor the the effects of like his magnetism power are very cool because it, they like ripple through the dirt like actual mm-hmm. magnetic fields like in the shape of proper magnetic fields and stuff and and it hit me that like wow the X-Men films peaked in the very first scene of their very first movie. Yeah. Every single X-Men film has simply been trying to recapture the power of the <laughs> mm-hmm. first scene in the franchise. Yeah. Where Eric Lencher discovers his superhuman abilities trying to reach out for his parents in the middle of a concentration camp. And there's almost no dialogue in that scene. Yep. And it's 
phenomenal. Even just describing that scene just now, I got chills. Yes. And I was like, wow, every single film has just been trying to recapture that image, Mm -hmm. that moment where, like, the very human emotional horror of, you know, war and man's inhumanity to man meets some kind of fantastic, unexplainable phenomenon where the powerless in the story very quickly and suddenly become the empowered. Yes. Like, that is the crux of X-Men. Yes. That is the emotional niche that it fits into, Mm -hmm. where powerless people suddenly become empowered, and what do they do with that power, basically? And you kind of have two camps, which is, like, the Eric camp and the Charles Charles camp. I'm in the Eric camp. <laughs> That's fine. Mm. I'm just saying, like, that that scene conveyed all that in, like, what's gotta be, like, four minutes with yeah. almost no dialogue. And it's, I'm just like, wow, every single film has been trying to do that since then. Yep. Failing more and more spectacularly each Which time. Which is also why almost mm-hmm. all the movies have that scene again. Yes, they they go back to that scene and they put which is, in footage. They, which is really heartbreaking. They flash back like, to it. They go back to that exact location. Like, I can't I can't handle it that many times. <laughs> they made us watch it in Hebrew school. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah. Like when it came out That's so we oh were in gosh. Hebrew school and we were talking about oh, um, no. We were talking about World War II, and they were like, actually, I'd like to play you something. And they just play that scene. (laughs) No! Oh my god! I went to a weird Hebrew school. Oh my god. Why? (laughs) To memorialize all the Jewish mutants who died? I think it was just because the scene was so emotional. So, like, it shook me to the core. Yes. It's very powerful. Yes, it's yeah. very powerful, and yeah. it's also like a. I'm a fucking goy, and I like remember. I still remember sitting in the theater with my dad, and like I stopped breathing. I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like this is a little hard for a fucking superhero this, movie. Yeah, isn't this a fun time, like capes and mask <laughs> movie, guys? And I was and- like, I was like, what, like twelve or thirteen when that movie came out. Yeah. And I was it just came like, out in like Whoa. 2000 or yeah, 2001, sometime around there. Yeah. And I will, I'll like, I'll give the X-Men movie credit, especially the first two, for maybe kickstarting the like quote unquote serious superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they have their moments of goofiness, of course. <laughs> they kind of have to, mm-hmm. like, given the subject matter. Art. Um, yeah, fucking, who knew that Hugh Jackman has such amazing comedic timing? <laughs> like, he's got a lot of great moments. But they definitely wrestle with some deeper topics like, you know, free will and subjugation and discrimination and, like, supremacy over subjugated peoples as opposed to, like, you know, the early Spider-Man movies and Fantastic Four that were very bright colors and pew-pew and all that. I was actually disappointed we didn't see any um, any news on Blade. Oh my god! That's a good point! I yeah. totally forgot about Blade 2! Maybe that's not technically part <laughs> of the MCU. Maybe they're doing, like, a like an X-Men thing where they, they, like, share custody of the rights. Oh my god. Apparently, back in February, the writer for Watchmen, uh, Stacey Osei-Kufour, mm-hmm. uh, is going to write the screenplay for the new Blade film. And that's, like... 
the most recent news that Google's given to me. Oh, shit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Blade has, uh, at this point, no director attached to it either, so it sounds like it's in very early stages. Mm -hmm. That's fine, I can wait. (laughs) I waited this long. Fucking, I love Blade. I was super into vampires before it was cool, whatever. Oh my god. Are you excited, though, for Castlevania to come back? I'm so yes. excited for Castlevania to come back. Oh my god! Yeah. Yep. For those who don't know, the animated Castlevania show on Netflix... Is perfect. Is actually pretty good. Uh, Kelty and I started watching it being like, hey, like, this will kill a couple hours, and it is way better than it has any right to be. The writing is pretty good, the animation is pretty good, they definitely, like, reserve their budget for, for larger action sequences, uh-huh. which I understand. The voice acting is all pretty good, uh, they're married lesbian evil vampires. Uh-huh. They're very cute. Yep, I, I hope we're gonna see more of them in season one four. big, one little. Yes, a big and a little. Um, big vampire pretty. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's it's just been consistently being very good, kind of quietly in its own little niche. The Castlevania show is weird because it is based on a Japanese video game series, which is in turn based on the European myth of Dracula. So there is a lot of like... And it's American. And yes, the the animated show is is American produced, like in an anime style, but its crew is American slash British, maybe. Like the story has gone through like many different cultural lenses to get uh-huh. here. <laughs> but it's so good. It's, it's yeah, like surprisingly good. And I really enjoyed it. Um, Another Isaac, show wreck. Did y'all ever play the video game? I played either one or two, like, a long time ago. I played Smash. The original ones are, like, side-scrollers, like, in the vein of, like, Mm -hmm. the the NES. Yeah, and it ends with, like, a traumatic devil's threesome with Mm -hmm. with our main vampire character. Gets it. Up the ass, too. And then his partners attempt to assassinate him while he is distracted by the sex. Spoilers. <laughs> Only to fail and get assassinated themselves. Yes. But I, again, I want to reiterate that the bisexual threesome, our main man, does not top. He is a bottom through and through. But this is important to me why? as a bottom. Oh, okay. <laughs> this was good bottom. <laughs> bottom representation. representation. Okay. I just, I wanted, I wanted to point that out. Well, no, Alucard's character definitely is... Especially in the show, like, I don't know if, like, deconstruction is too strong a word, but definitely, like, is challenging some things about, like, traditional masculinity, Mm -hmm. because, you know, he's a long-haired anime pretty boy who apparently has sex with men, and as opposed to, like, Trevor's, like, I live in a pig pen, and Mm -hmm. I'm a gruff, manly warrior dude, and I can't take care of myself. (laughs) I need two or three people to look out for me so (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't die. Which is, like, again, definitely portrayed as a problem. Yes. that's not... Mm -hmm. He's not adulated for being that way, for no, sure. Certainly not by Sifa and Alucard. No. My goal is for in season four, for Sifa and Trevor to come back and have a, have a healing threesome <laughs> with Alucard. <laughs> That's to undo the evil threesome. <laughs> That's all I want. 
Everyone Give it knows. to me, Netflix. You counteract an evil threesome with a good threesome. Yeah. Lots of praise. And then and then we're all happy and we're boyfriends and girlfriends. Be a happy little triad. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, all I want. If they end the show that way, because season four is going to be the last season, apparently. If they fucking end the show with a fucking polyamorous bisexual threesome, I will shit a brick. I, like, will, give- I will be. I will be astonished. Like that will be. I can't name another another like mainstream ish property that's done that. Netflix, are you listening? Are you listening, Netflix? I will give you all of my money, all of it, all every- four hundred dollars. I will live in a box. <laughs> I will. I will go broke. Please, Netflix. Listen to me. This yes. is important. If they end this series with with a queer threesome polyamorous triad, I will be astounded and uh, applaud them. Yes. Just just don't kill Alucard. I don't care how the games go. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the games are just... Again, the, the plots of the games are very fluid, so they can yes. do whatever they want. Yes. And please do. Mm-hmm. And have it be what I want. And then... <laughs> You will make one person in Canada very happy. <laughs> I'll buy stock. I'll do that. But you have to do this first. I'll suck your dick. Exactly. I'll do whatever the fuck you want. I'll work for you for free. Who gives a fuck? Well, you know who does do whatever they want? Disney. Disney. <sighs> wow, that was spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know. You and your strange, stupid connection with each other. <laughs> So we got all the fun news out of the way. We did. We got all the, like, coming soon to a theater near you, hopefully. And a bunch of recommendations from your local queers. Get your fucking vaccines, if you can. In our country, we have to wait a little while because America has hogged them all Uh for people who don't want them. Yeah. And we're not at all bitter about it. So... (laughs) Y'all remember a little show called Amphibia? Unfortunately. Yes, I do. Why, unfortunately? Because we know about it from the show. We know it for a stupid reason. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, Amphibia is a Disney TV show. These girls from, you know, the human world get transported to frog world. And there's, like, a war. (laughs) And one of them, like, betrays another one. Yeah, one of the girls is, like, slipping to the dark side or something. Same. Mm -hmm. She joins General Grimes. Joins the evil frogs. The evil frog, yeah. So it went trending this week, Amphibia, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, probably happy news. I hope. But no. No. Oh, what else? What did they do now, the fandom? It actually wasn't the fandom. It was Disney this time. Oh. What a surprise. Or Apple, depending on who you want to blame. Okay. I'll blame both. I'll find it myself. I'll blame both. So there was supposed to be this upcoming episode, True Colors. Okay. And it was meant to air on May 1st. Well, on April 30th, Disney tweets that there was going to be a delay due to a big air quotes schedule change. Oh. No further explanation. That's highly suspicious. Well, a lot of people started pointing fingers at then the other properties that Disney had going at the time. Big City Greens, I think, is one that people were pointing at, and the Halfway to Halloween Marathon. And showrunner Matt Bradley denied it all. I'm sure he knew, but keeping it tight-lipped and professional. Uh 
Well, like I said, April 30th announced it was going to be delayed. May 1st, the episode drops on iTunes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Someone didn't get the memo. Right, right. There must have been a communication error. Mm-mm. Oh, and boy. And so everybody keeps calling it a leak. Even even people involved in the creation of the show okay. keep calling it a leak. That's not what it was. No. Uh-huh. It was somebody legit fucked up and Apple dropped the episode. Mm-hmm. That's not a leak. <laughs> so, understandably, Matt and the rest of his staff were unhappy because... If you're not aware how TV shows get to keep going and get renewed is it's obviously all based on ratings. So if, say, this episode drops now and people all watch it from iTunes or download the rips, then people aren't as likely to watch it when it big air quotes premieres on Disney later, which is going to affect its ratings. And with Disney already making the move to delay the episode... That's already not a... uh... It's it's not a priority for Mm -hmm. them, clearly. Yeah. And so people took to Twitter. (laughs) As they often do. Mm -hmm. Namely Matt, who initially tweeted this. So True Colors leaked. Way to go, Disney. First you delayed the episode for insane reasons. Then you couldn't even get it together and not let the content slip out. This has been the worst week of my career. I'm not even going to try and keep it professional. Okay. And then he deletes that tweet. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Yeah. That was not a good thing to tweet. Yeah. I no. I totally understand his frustration, but don't poke the mouse, man, if you want the mouse mm-hmm. to pay you. Nope. So then he tweets, deleted the tweet. It's not worth jeopardizing the amazing work everyone has put into the upcoming episodes. I'm freaking pissed, man. This is a bad time. Which fair, Matt. Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you thought about it. You thought about it, unfortunately, after you tweeted it. Um, <laughs> Not a great call. And the internet is forever. Mm-hmm. And so then other showrunners from different properties, voice actors like Troy Baker himself. General Grimes, that's right. Yeah, we he's supposed to this. play General Grimes. Because yeah. <laughs> he's in goddamn everything. <laughs> Troy Baker uh, recorded a message for Matt to tweet that uh, in his General Grimes voice was saying, you know, don't watch the episode or else I'm going to put you in the pain room. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> Sounds hot. Yeah, I was going to say the pain room is something else in this household. <laughs> Hit me up, Troy Baker. (laughs) So yeah, everybody decidedly was unhappy. And so then the hashtag Amphibia Deserved More came out, Mm -hmm. in which everybody probably well-intentioned meant to just flood Amphibia with like a lot of positive vibes and tweets and art to be like, no, we're not gonna watch the leak. No, we're all one frog family. (laughs) But when does that ever go as planned? No. Positivity campaigns are never hijacked on the internet. Mm. Not on Twitter.com. So there are people who may not have been aware that the show was delayed, may have seen it drop on iTunes or found other links to it watched it unknowingly. Oh, totally. Or knowingly, because it was available to them. Officially, through a legal channel. Mm. Like, it's not like it was pirated or stolen. Yeah, they probably just would have assumed at that point. Like, unless I am, like, deep into something, 
I don't follow creators on Twitter or, like, official accounts. So if I'm just, like, iTunes auto-downloads the new episode of Amphibia every week or however often it comes out, I'm just like, yay, it's Amphibia night! And I sit down and watch it! <laughs> like, like, I would have had no fucking idea because unless I am, like, deep into, like, the stan life of something, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I'm, like I said, I don't usually follow creators on Twitter. I, I was about to say, half the time we don't follow him, even if we are deep into the stan life. Like, I'm happy for your career, and I'm happy that you're networking, but I really only care about it in the context of this one thing I'm really enjoying right now. And, like, maybe I'll follow you around or whatever, but but I have a very intense laser focus right now. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't even follow my favorite celebrities on Twitter if they're not, like, you know, funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it's usually, especially, like, now, like, you know, over ten years since Twitter has been a thing, uh, most celebrities are basically, like, an extension of their PR campaign yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> like, they don't actually operate it or anything, it's it's someone on their PR team operates it to have them, you know, trend enough for whatever the fucking metrics are. Uh-huh. Well, people watch it. <laughs> of course! Yeah, of course! It was legally yeah. available! Yeah. And that certainly set some people at odds because the internet is not a polite place. No. And people don't tag their spoilers. No, they sure don't. Oh, oh my god. I don't know when this <laughs> became a thing because it used to be if you didn't tag your spoilers... You were fucking crucified. You were ostracized. Yeah. yeah, like people took that shit very seriously. I mean, I don't know if I'd take it seriously for amphibia, even when I was no, a teenager. No. <laughs> well, like, no, no, but, but I get where you're coming from. And like, so I have a question though. Like, why was the episode delayed? Like, is there something unfinished about it, or is there something that they are going to change later? I guess we don't know until the, <laughs> it comes out later. As of time of recording, they have not said why it was delayed, and I have I have not found anything that seems concrete. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yo no se. Disney might just not like the show, and is trying to softly kill it. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's- well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and it does seem that this episode was going to be the, like, season two season finale. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to softly kill a show and, like, you have an, the final episode done, just release it. Like, it's only going to make you money. You've already invested the time and work and manpower into creating it. You might as well release it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This just reminds me of a very obscure Canadian show that got murdered uh, a little over uh, ten years ago called J-Pod. Oh. Uh, have you ever heard of the book J-Pod Bliss? No. All right. It's by Douglas Coupland. Uh, he is a pretty well-known novelist slash artist uh, in Canada, especially in BC. He wrote a book called J-Pod, which is more or less about people working in the video game industry in Vancouver in a very, like, dry humor sort of way. Uh-huh. His book, J-Pod, got turned into a TV show on the CBC, And it was pretty good. Like, it had some first season jitters. Like, it was finding itself. But then the CBC just straight up aired the episodes out of order. So a new episode was supposed to be airing. And instead, they aired the previous week's episode again. And then the next week, they just jumped in time to the correct episode. So... There is an episode of this show, because I have the DVD, because I'm an insane person, that has never actually aired. It is only available on the DVD, because oh. the CBC just fucked up somehow. Uh-huh. And 
aired the old episode again and then just skipped the one they missed to keep their schedule neat, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, this was like, this was 2007 or 8 or something, so Twitter was in its very early infancy. We couldn't really just ask the CBC how they fucked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so who knows what happened, but yes, a similar thing happened where they just fucking straight up just never aired an episode of a show that they made, they like spent the money on. Well, like I said, people did watch the episode, the not leaked, leaked episode. <laughs> they weren't tagging spoilers, <sighs> which unfortunately means you're going to see spoilers. And for <laughs> a episode that was currently trending and everyone was talking about, and about 50% of the people were talking about how you shouldn't watch it until it officially airs on TV, that was upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. So there was a little bit of a witch hunt. Everybody... An eensy-teensy Twitter mob. (laughs) Yeah. Jumping down the throats of anybody who was posting spoilers without tags. Or just at all. Which I don't think is fair. If you tag spoilers... Tag your fucking spoilers, man! It's not that hard. Like, I can't believe that the crowd who's like, why should I tag spoilers, is the same crowd who tags things like, trigger warning grass. Like, I, come on, man. Like, trigger warning sad. Yeah, like, and I, I'm saying this as somebody who also respects and appreciates trigger warnings. Tag spoilers. It's Think of weird. it like a trigger. It is weird to have respect for one and not the other. Exactly. Think of it as a trigger because for all you know, the, the spoilers that you're posting uh, are for a show that might trigger somebody. Just tag it. Mm-hmm. You just, just think of it that way. I don't know. It's very disappointing. And I feel bad for the people who did watch the episode and then got fucking slammed by the fandom for watching something that was legally available to them that they may or may not have known was verboten, big air quotes. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. And I'm in no way laying anything at Matt Braley's feet. But I do think it is, well, especially because they were angry, but I, I think calling it a leak... A little misdirecting. Mm-hmm. Cause like there's a difference between finding something on like Pirate Bay or whatever and just having an auto download feature on your fucking On iTunes. On yeah. iTunes. Yeah. And just being like, oh yay! My fucking show! Hooray! Like it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me to like use the same terminology well, and I, for those two things. I completely get his like anger. Like, oh sure. For- Mm-hmm. For Disney and or Apple, two of the biggest fucking, you know, corporate entities, especially in entertainment in the world, to just fucking oopsie release an episode is is pretty unforgivable, especially when it was apparently their decision to delay it. Like, mm-hmm. ha, we're delaying it. Ha, just kidding. We're yeah. going to fuck it up. That's got to be frustrating. And I empathize with the guy. But Twitter, <laughs> when you're uh, known to have an insane fandom, like Amphibia does, is probably not the place to vent that frustration mm. at your employer. Yeah. No. Bad call, bro. Well, and it's interesting because every time something goes viral, and I mean, this is viral in the sense of, like, fandom space, I guess. But every time it goes viral, everybody starts dragging up all the old dramas. So, of course, we have people talking about pedophilic zoophiles and... (laughs) The Sasha General Grimes ship again. Sigh. 
and how Matt uh, supports this and is a, his... is a pedophilic zoophile apologist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this man who works for Disney. <laughs> uh, oh my god. That's been fun to watch. Oof. Yeah. I, personally, I don't think it's a big deal. I'm sorry if you watched it without knowing. Please don't feel bad. Mm-mm. Don't let other people make you feel bad. If you watched it with knowing, don't feel bad. Don't let other people make you feel bad. But support the show and watch it when it airs. That way Absolutely, you hopefully yeah. get more. I mean, it will be incredibly interesting to see what has changed about the episode, if anything, or if it was just pushed due to scheduling issues and nothing about the episode is, like, wrong. It's just, we needed to get you out of the way for something better. Yeah. To put on my, like, conspiracy cap for half a second, the fact that Matt in his deleted tweet says it was delayed for insane reasons... Mm -hmm. And then he later, as well as other people involved in the property, say, you know, they only want to put out the best. It does make me wonder if they were having to change something. Okay, like, yeah, Disney was, like, flag on the play for something. Oh, Mm -hmm. God. That'll be very interesting to see if uh, what gets changed, because now there is a record of something. Yeah. (laughs) So, did we talk about the thing? I I think think we talked about the thing. You guys got a happy thing? Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap. Is it good? I've been playing it for, like, four solid days. Yes, I'm having a lot of fun. I haven't seen the Uh, Whites of Horizon days. It's, I've, like, not completed everything. Still, still working on getting all the Pokemans. (laughs) Uh, but I'm having a lot of fun. Pokemon Snap was one of my favorite games as a kid. It was such, like, a unique concept. I totally loved it. And I am enjoying the second one a whole lot. And it's also introducing me to all the Pokemon I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because there's quite a few now of Pokemon I don't know. And yeah, I think there's, like, a good mix of, like, OG Pokemon, like, first, second, third generation that I'm more familiar with and the later stuff that I'm like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. The new professor's real handsome. Bring back Professor Oak. He's the real handsome one. Mm. But I've just been crocheting while she plays video games because that's still my happy. I've been playing Dramatical Murder. Yes, you have. I would like to point out that both of the girls in my life have accidentally stumbled into Clear's path and Clear is the character most like moi. So, really, what I'm realizing is all of my friends love me and want to bone me. Good. It's okay. I only have one type, and it's weird, and Clear was the weirdest character, so... Mm. My type is garbage, and Kindred couldn't guess which character I loved best, but all my other favorite garbage friends did immediately. I'm a garbage friend? You're just a garbage connoisseur, honey. Okay, this is running away from us. <laughs> Okay, that's, yeah. If you'd like to find us online, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Blissfully Show. I post links to our YouTube videos there. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi friends, tell us what garbage TV you like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet we have the same taste in garbage. And I just want to remind y'all that if you have any fandom or nerd drama you'd like to hear covered on the podcast... Comment, tweet me, you can send me a DM on Instagram, but I don't check that one as often. And 
Until next time, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I will call them cowards. <laughs> to the, I will at them on Twitter. <laughs> Me call too. Them cowards.